Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Hotline League. I am on the road, so my audio quality is unfortunately not going to be as stellar as it normally is. But my new co-host for Hotline League, if you missed all of this, you should go check last week's episode for an explanation of why. My new co-host, Cubby, is here, and Cubby's microphone should be a lot better than mine if the Skype stuff is not doing its thing. How's it going, Cubby? Yeah, I, I'm not on the road. We're at the setup. And things are going good. I, uh, I don't know, we played some terrible golf this morning. I've been spectating a lot of CQ. You know, that's, that's been fun. Uh, did yeah, you play I, golf with anyone in particular? Yes. Uh, Jad did not play his best today. Uh, but, okay. Yeah. You know, it, it happens. Uh, we, we had some other guys in the group, too. Um, yes. But it was fun. How, how's, uh, how's the road been? It's good. So I was at DreamHack this past uh, weekend. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, a bunch of people came up and said really nice things to me. And somebody named Pondwater Mike came up, passed me a really nice note that said, keep making content. And then there was two $20 bills in the envelope that it was written on. And so that was a bit of a highlight for me this weekend. I don't know why, but getting 40 bucks from Pondwater Mike in, a, in an envelope felt like a very Atlanta thing uh, to me. Uh, but played some good magic. And then now I'm in... A different place. I'm in Austin, Texas uh, for the next three days before I finally get home for the holidays, uh, which I should mention. Uh, yeah, IRL Dono, exactly. And then I should mention that uh, this will be our last episode of Hotline League for the year. Uh, we'll be back the second week of January, I guess, since the Monday that we would be doing this will be New Year's. So you'll have uh, three weeks of a break from Hotline League. But yeah, other than that, it's been good. Cubby, what have you been doing besides golfing in your free time? I used to ask Mark about what he's watched, but I don't know how you spend your, your downtime besides golf. I guess sports. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I do watch sports. I, I'm a Bears fan. I, in terms of watching, I, right now I am re-watching Andor with, with, uh, with someone, which is a great show. Um, and then... I, I honestly, I all I've been watching is CQ. Really, like the CQ, like the um, goes Champions from five Q, to eleven say, Pacific. Right? Yeah, Champs Q. Yeah, uh, but it, it's five to eleven Pacific. So like I was even streaming before this, um, and then I'll, I'll I'll stream it probably after too. It's been really fun. They had four games going at the same time, uh, which is great. So yeah, so it's been pretty good. Very good. I see Forgotten Pluto and Chess says no mark this weekend. Boy, are they going to be surprised when they learn about the past. <laughs> Two weeks of news, uh, yeah, no. So it's good to uh, it's good to have Champions Q going. What I, I saw a bunch of, of mixed conversation on Twitter, and obviously in the past we've had we've had some criticism of players not using it enough, or the queue times being too long, and it not looking good for I guess LCS pros. How much are those issues popping up this time around? Um, I I think it's a bit mixed at the moment, like. The fact that four games are going on is good, and I think that as long as CQ is on the preseason patch, which is super fun, so like the pros have special access to fourteen point one. Um, I think as long as they like that patch isn't live, then CQ will stay busy and alive. Uh, I think that once the live servers have that, we'll see what happens. Uh, as I, I'm kind of curious what, like, kind of how that affects things, but. At the moment, I, I think it's okay. Like people are in and out for the holidays, obviously. And like some of the teams are boot camping in Korea. Some players are traveling for the holidays. 
Uh, some players are wrapping up school because like they include more than just the pros and challengers league players. So, but a lot of the same people are playing. Hopefully, we get some more people to join. But so far, I, I think games are fun. Um, Doublelift is smashing in the queue. Whippo's playing well. I saw your tweet about him being yeah. undefeated eight games in. I think. Yes, he's one of, if not the best players in the queue right now, which is really fun. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Too bad uh, he couldn't play next year, but yeah. I guess that's how it goes. Uh, all yeah. right, well, for this week's episode, we should say that uh, we're going to do what Hotline League always does for the past, I guess, six years now, seven years, of uh, of our last episode of the year, which is we're going to have this episode be primarily focused on kind of a retrospective of 2023. Next week's episode will be, or next week's, next year's episode, the first episode that we do in three weeks, that will be really looking forward to 2024. So what do you think the league should do? What are you looking forward to? What are the storylines that have you hyped? What's going to be big in 2024? Big predictions or whatever. But I think 2023 is really our focus on this episode. So we're going to be looking for callers who want to talk about, hey, you know, like, this was a big win or a big loss in 2023. Uh, here's something that I think people would have thought was crazy if you told them it was going to happen in January. Uh, here, Mark becoming commissioner would maybe be one of mine. Um, you know what? You know things. Maybe a fun story that you from an event that you attended this year. Just kind of looking back at the the full year, there hasn't been too much news this past week other than Champions Q. Uh, Twitch chat, correct me if there's anything that I'm forgetting, but um, other than that, I mean, like, the the week, yeah, weekdays suck, am I right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm sure we can do that, but, uh, yeah, we will be focusing primarily on 2023, kind of looking back as a nice way to kind of end the year, right? Like, we're all headed into the holidays. Let's look back on the past 12 months and talk a little bit about what we thought about it as we head into the next year. So that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, I have, I have given Cubby the pep talk on how to do calls. Uh, Wait, wish me polls. luck. For, is is yes. it time to do the first one? Uh, well, so right now, normally is is when we tell people to go type in subtopics or pleb topics. If you're a sub, make sure that you sync with Discord so you get access to the subtopics channel. Otherwise, you'll be using the pleb topics channel on Discord. That's discordgg Travis. You can do exclamation mark Discord in the chat if you want to get that going um but you'll want to start putting your takes in there and you can at cubby it helps him see your take but yeah plug topics subtopics and start looking for those um when you do put one of your takes into one of those topic channels make sure that you're also you've joined a voice channel on the discord because what's going to happen is cubby's going to pull you into the waiting room and he can't pull you into the waiting room if you're not also in one of the voice channels. So make sure you're in one of the voice channels. That way you can pull you in the waiting room. You'll wait in the waiting room until Cubby comes to get you, and then we will be good. Also, I'm still recovering from that cold that I had last week. It's mostly gone, but I will have to mute at times to cough, like right now. Anyway, uh, other than that, Cubby, do you see any takes in pleb topics or subtopics? And you um, can just sort of slowly pull them into the waiting room. I'm I'm jumping in there. Here here we go. Here we go. Okay. While you're doing that, oh, he's off to go grab the first call. Here he's much more eager than Mark. I love it. Uh, all right. So while he's grabbing our first caller, shout out to 
Deus Volt, Christabel for 72 months. Holy shit. Penguin Buddy, uh, Son of K Killy, 72 months. That's six years. My God. Uh, uh, Magnificent, uh, and Son of Keely also gifted a sub, Numigo Sarars, and some more subs that we will get to in just a second. But our first caller is here. Caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, Farmer Jin's calling from Calgary, Alberta, Canada again. Farmer Jin's, welcome back to the show. What do you want to talk about this week? Uh, Cubby pulled me in for talking about the viewership in the LCS, because, you know, we all love the doom and gloom going into next year. Um, yes. So I did read something that it pulled in just over 223,000 peak viewership on the finals this summer split. And I think that's worrying considering you have three teams departed. Big, two big, big, I would say bigger teams in EG and TSM, right? TSM's the main one. Um, that even with Mark announcing viewership going back to the weekends, I don't see any change in those viewership numbers really going at least going into this first year so you're you end with going into this first year we're trying to talk about this year farmer ginge okay uh, that's on me that's on me yeah, I, I, I failed yeah. i failed the first call you know but it's okay it's okay, okay. This is but, your it, but it is a good point that it is it was, i think it, they did say it was the lowest viewed finals in modern lcs history right yeah so i would i would uh re I would re-trigger this as to to say, like, let's look at the decisions that were made this year and how they led to viewership. Because you're talking a little bit about like teams leaving. That didn't ha that did happen this year, but it didn't happen before summer finals, right? No, um, I think we probably knew that by that I'm trying to remember the timeline. I think we probably knew by that point in time that TSM was leaving. But mm -hmm. yep. um it's going into summer split, didn't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I, I think, yeah. Let's let's keep this focused on why we thought viewership was lower this year, and I do think that the weekday stuff. I mean, at the end of this year, we can say pretty big failure um, in terms of, uh, you know, they said that they thought it would increase viewership. Viewership went down dramatically. Even if summer finals were was on a weekend itself, the impact of the amount of people that you lost on a weekly basis, I think, led to a far more diminished uh, viewership for the summer finals than we saw previously. So I think it's a pretty big uh, flop. Cubby, do you think there were any other things this year that led to diminished viewership um, that we can kind of highlight? <sighs> um, I mean, I... I, I thought I thought the broadcast was like fine this year. I I, I would say I'm in the position where I, I'm not on the broadcast like Mark, but like that that is my job as well. Um, and I I think that like they at least tried to iterate on the formula they had. Like definitely saw some wins. Like I think Mark's content was uh, was pretty good. Um, like uh, and some of the other people like had a win as well. Uh, this this past year. Um, I don't know maybe. Like we always see a decline in summer, like spring to summer, like there's usually more viewership in spring because like in the summer, more people are just like outside and out and about. Um, but I don't know, maybe it was like, I, I, I don't like really know like any other options, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, it was, like I mean, mostly I think just the time slot. I, I, I won't harp on it too much because people know, but I do think that as long as we have 
players hopping around so much like that will continue to take this hit year after year and even if viewership goes up next year i think that increase will be depressed by the fact that you have the situation where players have a, or, or fans have a hard time getting attached to teams and players because they change so frequently um and i think i think we saw that a little bit this year uh even just in the fact that like Bjergsen was playing in the beginning of the year, and then he wasn't again. You know, like there, there's just a lot yeah. of stuff like that that ends up causing issues. Um, uh, and I do think that the strike or the walkout or whatever you want to call it also did not help. Um, yeah. I think yeah. that probably had a depressing uh, impact on viewership, even if I think it was good that they did that. I think uh, like scheduling too, like it definitely is good to be consistent about scheduling. And obviously, like, going to weekdays, but also the strike, like, pushing that back. I mean, that's, um, yeah, I, I think that's a good call as well. I'm trying to think of, like, other, like, outside factors or formulas. Like, I feel like people have been down in NA for a while and, like, their chances to win internationally. So, like, I don't really feel like that had, like, a compounding impact on, like, things or, like, viewership this year. Um, I just like some of the pillars of the league have left, and it feels like we don't really have players that have been able to, like, fill in and take that spot yet. Um, yeah. given like consistency of players, but also like there was a long time era in the LCS where if you didn't have sneaky double lift or wild turtle, you weren't in a final. And that's like pretty crazy to think back and look at. And like, yeah, it's just like, it's not like we don't have two like summer finals. That was C900 Thieves, right? I'm not crazy. The which final? 2022 summer. It would have had to be 100 Thieves because they were in three in a row, no? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. And they won okay. 21 Summer. Yeah, so I mean, I think that's also a bit of a thing was uh, having it be NRG instead of 100 Thieves. As much as like the NRG fans want to shame me, like I do think, look, it was a brand new team to the, the league. Obviously, it was CLG, but from a brand perspective, it was brand new. And I think you might have also just had more people, like if we're just comparing summer finals to summer finals, which obviously I know this is a bit of a conversation about broader viewership trends. I do think that you we just had like a less popular finals from a team perspective as well. So I think there's a lot of different things that go into that viewership being down this year versus the previous year. Uh, but no doubt that week weekdays was uh, probably the single biggest lead of that um and certainly was not the increase that we thought it was going to be so do you think uh, that change or even a, even a noticeable change going forward with the weekends because i know for example for me personally i am like i'm in my early 30s now i'm 31 turning 32 I didn't have, there's no way i would ever view during the weekday because work right and even then now at the weekend like maybe when i was in my like early 20s mid 20s i was in university yes i would watch the you know lec and lcs every weekend but now i don't even really have the time or energy for it so i wonder how much of the the viewership is kind of the aging population like me and how many new viewers are really coming in i mean i i think that people could still watch stuff like I think it's 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 a incorrect assumption to just think like you get older you have less time. Um, 
And I, I know that I that are live all... for me. What's I still that? watch VODs, just to clarify that. I still watch VODs, I just don't watch the live broadcast that much anymore. I, yeah, I just don't feel like, it, I feel like that is one of those, like, conventional wisdom things that I don't think always necessarily plays out, you know? Maybe, because you could always make the argument that, like, oh, younger people are more likely to go out and go on some trip or do something or hang out with friends versus as people get older, they spend more time at home or something like it. I, I'm not saying that it's, it's incorrect, but I don't think it's something that's worth just automatically assuming, if that makes sense. I, I also think that, like, there was a wave of people that, like, came in and kind of like with COVID, right? Um, like, when COVID hit, like, a lot of people, you know, were... I, I found more people watching LCS like COVID is personally the reason like I even got back in the space like to work, right? Because I was kind of done with it with college and I was working a full-time job and then COVID hit. I couldn't find any work. So it was my excuse to, you know, kind of get back into this. Um, so I, I, I think that's like the last wave where we would have seen some new people. Uh, and I, I, it's interesting, like one of my biggest issues that I've had is like it's really tough to convince high schoolers or kids to play league. Like when I picked up this game, I was a sophomore in high school and there was like 85 champions and the game was whatever, right? And now it's like double that number. And you ask any high schooler, like they don't want to play the they want to play something way simpler. And I think that that is in order to be a fan of the game, you have to play the game, like with esports. Like it's impossible to understand the like without playing it in, in, in some way. Um, so I, I think that like there are ways like the game could function to like try and cater towards new fans. Like they had recommended jungle pathing and ability leveling they put in the client this year which i thought was really good um but i i still think like there are new fans it's just like each year there's just less right um i think that that is a reasonable assumption given like the shelf life and lifespan of games but i still think like riot can pull levers or do things to like try and get more people involved so, so i do want to just address uh Malqua in the twitch chat says travis is mega coping if anything, a team like Energy brings a lot more viewers than a dead org like CLG. Nobody cared about CLG. I was specifically talking about finals um, because we're comparing viewership of C9 versus 100 Thieves in 2022 summer to C9 versus Energy in 2023 summer. And you're comparing CLG to Energy. I'm comparing 100 Thieves to Energy in terms of a viewership poll in the finals. So just to clarify if anybody else is confused, like Malqua. Um all right, Farmer Jens, thanks so much for the call. Anything that you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, shout out to Cubby. Um, good luck going forward, man. Um, taking over from Mark Z. Good uh, shout out to Travis. And uh, everyone have a happy holidays. Thank thanks so for much. being an easy first caller. Uh, you know, yeah, you're welcome. That's, that's a good start. Good start. All yeah, right. Thanks so much. All right. See you guys. Have a good one. All right. Off we go to the next caller. Uh, I gotta tell Cubby to stick around for a second whenever we lose somebody. Max Drixton, thank you for the 46 months. Brenny the Croc, thank you for 23. Cowiz for the 4. Uh, the Catman for 17. Fishy for a whole year. Ostrider gifted a sub. Renny gifted a sub. And then Pizza Chant, LOL, thank you for the prime. Uh, let's see. What do you guys talk about in chat? I have no idea. Travis is now responding in chat instead of Mark to chat instead of Mark. I would do that sometimes. Um, but yeah. Also, it looks like we only have two calls in the waiting room right now. So 
feel free to continue to put your takes in the pub topics and subtopics chat. We'll continue to pull them. Also, I should have mentioned this earlier, but uh, we will have probably a shorter episode this week because it is just uh, there's less stuff going on. So if we end up only going for about an hour and a half or whatever, I apologize. Um, but it's just sort of it's a quieter week. So uh, looks like Manny is here. Manny, where are you calling from? Uh, Columbia, Missouri. From where? Columbia, Missouri. Hey, I, Missouri. I competed. I competed in a land there at Columbia College. Nice, nice. That's yeah. Uh, I live about a mile away from it. Cool. Nice. Well, very good. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight, Manny? Uh, I'm excited to see LCS come back to the weekends, and more importantly, I, I really hope that uh, the LCS uh, invest in leveling up um, the level of play in NA. And I think one of the ways they could do this is going back to a best of three format. If you look at uh, Korea, China, uh, EU, while we were doing best of ones and trying to milk every dollar from advertisers and doing clown fiesta recruitment, they were busy chugging away with best of threes and best of fives. And guess what? Their viewership went up because the competitiveness of their league was was better. I think uh, our the LCS is kind of in the toilet right now. So now's a good time to invest in leveling up our play and the integrity of the league. I will mention what I said at the start of the show, which is that we're mostly trying to pull takes about 2023. Yep. Uh, yep. I'm blaming callers as much as I'm blaming Cubby for nope, this. Nope, this, one, this one's on me. I, I actually, I, I felt like, uh, you know, at least the, the weekends, of course, we, we need to give the weekends a shout. But I, I was... I don't know. Uh, kind of curious. It's it's the last. There was a rumor of the best of three format. We had some news this week that it's like okay, maybe best of ones with tickets releasing. Yeah, let's. That's a great idea, Cubby. This is how we'll recontextualize this. Manny's take is that in 2023, we heard there was a rumor that Riot was considering switching to best of threes. And in 2023, we, we also learned when the schedule came out that they probably were not. So. Yeah. Great uh, way to couch this conversation that way, Cubby. Um, all right, so Manny, you want best of threes. And can you elaborate one more time on why you think it's important for us to kill the viewership of the league even more than we have? I just think that the the viewership of the league is down, so now's time to try to, to level up down. the gameplay. The, yeah, to uh, really invest in the integrity in the, of the league. Like we tried buying players from every other region. We tried going to flashy segments and best of ones. Like, uh, I, I think we just have to go back to basics and what's great about league. Manny, you know that we've had we had our highest viewership ever when we had best of ones. Well, it, it there was two streams for best of threes, Travis. You know, I know, but just this theory that like. Oh, we'd have more viewership if we had best of threes as ours wild. Okay, Cubby, I know that unlike Mark, this is where people can get excited for for you on here as, as the co-host in, in contrast to Mark, because the conversations will be different for the next 300 episodes because you have different takes than Mark. Mark was right. also a best of three doubter, like myself. Uh, you, I believe, are a best of three believer. So why don't you... A little take, bit. Yeah, lead this call for now. I I, I actually have the highest take of all 
which is that I think the best way to run a League of Legends regular season is with best of twos. Um, because you get each team gets a single choice of side. I know it's tough, but you get a single choice of side and you're going to play a double round robin anyway. So you might as well play it on the same patch. Captain that, Flowers in it, chat it. screams in capital letters, fuck oh, off, goodness. dude, absolutely not. I will quit the league. Fuck BO2. Papa Smithy says, yes, best of two enjoy, or BO2 enjoyers based. I know that ties can kind of suck. I would I would rather have, a, I, I, I will say this, I would rather have a single best of three round robin than a double round robin with best of ones. I do think that best of three is like, I would rather have that. Uh but yeah, actually I my 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 favorite format is actually best of twos. I, I'm I'm not kidding. It's it, it's the if you have a patch where blue side's a 70% win rate, which can happen in this game, all of a sudden, like series can be flipped on side select or like what you win the coin flip on, or like where in the schedule you actually like, you know, get to like choice aside for game one. Uh, so I, I actually think that like best of two is a really good way to compete in the game. The commissioner of the league says, Keck, I know how to get flowers to quit. Um, <laughs> clearly he's trying to save money already by cutting down on talent. Um, so I mean, Cubby, what do you, th what we were talking about best of threes. Now you're taking us to best of twos. Uh, you know, when it was, when LEC did, well, at the time, I think it was EU LCS did best of twos. It was, I feel like even more unpopular than best of threes were in North America. People hated the tie thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't care as much about the tie thing. I, I, and like, that is like, that can be solved with best of threes too. But yeah, I, I, I for scheduling purposes and like, if some of the concerns are like, money or like what the schedule is on a day like you can you can actually schedule three best of twos on a day you cannot schedule three best of threes on a day so that like that's another pro for best oh, of twos. Yeah, well okay if you let me ask you this cubby if yeah. you if uh if you also used hotline league to bounce your way up into the commissioner job um and you were in charge you had to care about viewership and fan sentiment yeah what format of these three would you choose? BO1, best two, best of three. If it's purely fan sentiment? No, it's just like like the health of the league. Health I know, of the league? I know that you tend to come from things from a... Like, you were a coach. You, you've done, like, some playing and stuff like that. Like, I know you tend to think about things more from the, like, team perspective almost, right? Or player perspective, coach perspective. But from an ecosystem perspective, like a broad perspective, and you had to choose one of these three, which would you choose? Uh, I'm st I'm sticking with the best of two. I I, I think it actually oh balances God. out. No, I think it actually balances out a lot of things. First off, schedule. It it's best for broadcast schedule and for teams. Teams care about the schedule. Like best of three, like throws variables in for the teams. Um, yes, you will have ties, but that's fine. You at least get to play more than one game against your opponent which is important for iterating on like as a team like you will learn from playing a team back to back right um for the fans don't like ties they'll grow to accept it you know that's fine uh i it, best of twos was the old ogn format it was great for groups i i thought it worked out well 
the whole three points, if you 2-0, one point if you split for each team, and zero, like, that's fine. Like, I think it makes a really fun tournament format as well. It's doable. Um, yeah, I, I also want to say... Do you think the twos can offset the loss of Captain Flowers to the league? Because apparently you're <laughs> no. accepting that. No, no it can't. This... No, 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 all right. I'm not. I'm not making that call. Yeah, I'm saying I'm you're not, the, the yeah. commissioner of the league. You just you literally just learned that Captain Flyers would not be casting now, if you do best of twos. So I now, don't know if that you still make that decision. I mean, let's just say that Mark has the real opportunity to like big dick his way into the commissioner intro with that. You know, like yeah. just 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 uh just kill off a team member. You know, Caller, what do you think of Cubby's best of two idea? Because in some ways he's splitting. Your and my opinions on best of one and best of three to come up with best of two. Uh, I am uh, open to new ideas and new thinking. Uh, I, For years, we've seen NA just be the meme of competitive league play. And we throw our best teams into uh, tournaments at the end of the year and walk away with feeling shame and embarrassment. And so I'm down for trying something new and you know where the other teams always lose they lose investor ones perhaps so um i just know i i always like when we have this conversation i always go back to what double lift would always say about best of ones and that you know it's basically a coin flip uh on best of ones a lot of times i mean granted the better team is always going to have an edge but in a lot of best of ones it can just be a coin flip where you know, a series shows more talent and and ad- ad- adaptation to meta and picks and things like that. I yeah. I also I think the biggest thing about a best of one regular season is that best of ones compared to best of twos and best of threes, teams are more motivated to play to not lose. Like the way the league works as a game is like in a lot of the drafts, like LPL or like the teams taking best of threes, like you are able to take a draft. Like if you don't win in the first three to five minutes, it's okay because you have. Two other games, like, you can win, right? You can't do that in best of ones. Like, a lot less teams will try that in best of ones because the, the stakes are a lot higher for that single game. So, like, they'll opt for safer strategies. And I think, like, over the long haul, like, NA's issue, it's it's never been jungle play. It's not really been map play. A lot of it has been, like, mechanics being good enough to, like, actually break the game, which is, like, what the LPL is, like, the best at doing and what LCK is like able to do, like replicating lane states really well. I think that best of series, like playing games back to back, like being forced to iterate, are the best way to like, actually like, work on those skills that have been weaknesses like of the region. So, yeah, yeah, you know where they do that on a daily basis in scrims. That is true. I mean, this is a mark line that I'll parrot because he was always great at pointing out that like these te- these players and teams are playing each other a shit ton all week long, adding, you know, best of threes instead of best of ones to the stage. is not suddenly going to give everybody like twice as much experience or twice as much practice or whatever. That's just not, not the way it goes. Um, anyway, thank you so much, Manny, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Shout out to Ellie anywhere. And thank you guys for what you, what you do. Been a long time yeah. fan. I appreciate it. And Cubby, you don't need to run. I mean, oh, you yeah. don't need to run immediately. By the way, there, I should have. I should have given you this note. You could always pause for a second, and then I'll wait 
I'll say, okay. and Cubby's off to get the next caller, that way if we ever want to have like a quick chat about the call or um, I need to go to like a sponsor break or something, we're good. I was uh, I was trying to get to the fans, you know. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. it's a, it's it's a it's a it's an amount of energy that my previous co-host did not have. Um, how are we doing? I see we only have two more takes in the waiting room. Should we? Are you looking for I'm more? I'm pulling takes? more. I, no, I I got a couple more to pull. I'm just kind of I'm milking. Okay, them. well, make they're, sure, they're, folks, they're that there. you're putting takes and subtopics and pleb topics because Cubby's still looking. So, uh, thank you to uh, Steve the Sleeve, Bill Gunn. Tamane for gifting a sub, Joe Badaya, Vlogfinity, and yeah, thanks everybody for the subs. Um, we're looking mostly to talk about 2023. So, folks, if you had something that you thought was a big win or a big loss or something you'd like to see us talk about from a 2023 perspective, please call in. Our next caller is here. Caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? Yeah, I'm Mogul and I'm calling from Washington, D.C. Mogul, welcome back to the show. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So just picking up from where the last callers left off and looking forward, Mark Z is going to destroy the LCS. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, um, so I just wanted to give props to uh, NRG for essentially subverting expectations, both coming into summer split and out of summer split, like into playoffs. I don't think anyone believed that they would win LCS at all. So I just kind of wanted to give them props and like think about the ramifications of them actually just winning it all, even though being massive underdogs. No, I really like this call because I think one of my favorite things about these episodes is if you were at the start of 2023 or start of the year and somebody told you something happens, how shocking would it be to you? And Excuse me. And if you said NRG wins summer, I think almost everybody would have said, who is NRG? <laughs> because we, at the time, CLG was in the league. We had no idea they were going to sell. And you would have never expected CLG. Like, even if you had said CLG wins summer, people would have been like, what the fuck? CLG, that team, that org that most people think should probably sell like it is it is crazy um like what energy story was and that's only going up to summer when you get to talking about worlds it's like a, it is a whole nother thing um so i i really do love this take mogul um uh, but i yeah i i think that they are one of the defining stories of the lcs in 2023 and you know we're not doing too much look for, looking forward to it but i think when it is 2024, that's going to be one of the huge narratives that we look back on is the rise, you know, the entrance of NRG and the rise of them and the surprising uh, performance that they were able to put on twice, once in summer and then again at Worlds. Uh, but Cubby, what do you think? I I mean, I think that that is the, the biggest story. Like, th this was a team, like, at its core that... In spring, they took 5th, 6th, playing TL, like, really closely, right? And it was a very close best of 5 in, in like, uh, or I should say summer of 2022, my bad. And then spring, like, they're okay, they make a couple changes, and, like, they have a decent regular season where they're beating all the good teams, like, dropping bad games. And they just go through playoffs, they knew the patch really well, and they won. 
there was like the funny tweets about like Steve put the tweet out of like the entire staff like on stage, you know, and like they ended up like winning it all. Uh, some of the chats said they had zero all pros. Like, yeah, they had zero all pros. Like they still won it all. It was the orgs like first split back in the LCS, right? I, if you told me like any of these things, like that's pretty crazy, right? And it was pretty much a team of all players that have been like in NA or competing in NA for a long time, like plus Ignar, like ended up making things work. Like that's rather wild, right? Um, so I, I think that like NRG winning was definitely one of the biggest surprises of the year for me. Um, and I'm curious to see like if they're able to have the same success again next split or if it was just a one split thing, you know, I think that's gonna be a really interesting topic moving forward to 24 as well. Yeah, and I think the other thing I would give, I, I mean, we talk a lot about their performance, but I also think the brand, the organization has done a decent job of entering the space also as a brand. And I think it's a lot easier to do that when you are lifting trophies. Um, you know, you can come in and try to create a bunch of cool content and maybe nobody will watch it if you're just at the bottom of the pack. But they, I think, have shown, like, I don't always, like, latch onto the brand myself. Like, the why not us line that they used for summer finals or whatever. It was, like, not, it didn't resonate with me too much. But, like, I... I like that they tried it. You know, it was a lot more than a lot of orgs do. And mm -hmm. from a content perspective, they've put out a bunch of stuff, like the Dokla Fiverr videos and stuff like that, I think have been really cool. So I think just to me, we can even talk about like their their roster announcement stuff, right? The re-signing of, of players or Dokla coming back and all that stuff. That content, I think, was in the top half of the league in terms of roster announcements for 2024. Um, so I've just been happy to also have them as an org in the league. I think they care in a way that some of the other orgs don't, and maybe even as I still have been disappointed in Shopify from that perspective. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really happy with energy, both as the yeah. team and as the org in the league. I also just like want to give a shout out to, I think that some of the energy content, like they are carrying water or carrying on some of the momentum that we saw from CLG like in the back half. Like I actually think that CLG as an org with this core, we're doing decent content and like also helping to promote these guys. Like the, they had a video of like how Doko gets to work. They had like uh pal Fox, like in the lofts, like that was kind of cool. Like in the office, you know, like kind of slice of life stuff about players. And I appreciate that content. Like when you get to humanize them, like when the players are on board too. And I feel like they've kind of, ran with that as well um yeah. and kind of put like their own twist and resources behind it which is great so yeah yeah been been a fan of everything they've been doing in the league so shout out to energy for uh 2023 both on and off the rift i guess we can say and uh yeah great mm -hmm. call uh by the way mogul anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break to talk about our sponsor uh, yeah, shout out to you, Travis. Uh, you and Hotline League were solely keeping Mark back and holding him back through extremely bad takes, just tempering him. And now that he's unleashed, he's definitely going to destroy the LCS and uh, Cubby because he's going to be the best co-host Hotline League has ever seen already. Yeah, well, I'm glad Cubby will be here as we watch Mark burn the ship down around us uh, at over at the LCS. So thank you so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. All right. 
Uh, we're going to take a quick break to talk about Alienware. I love Alienware. I'm on the road right now. I am using an Alienware notebook to stream this to you. Uh, I should be clear. It's not a uh, Alienware microphone. I know some people are disappointed in my microphone uh, audio right now. Um, and that is why you are not getting that. But just the fact that while I'm on the road, I can continue to do this. Uh, I, I said at the start of the show, but if anybody's tuning in just now, I'm in Austin. Um, and I am just streaming off of a notebook. And the fact that I can have that level of support from them so that I can continue to create content on the road, that is just phenomenal. Um, you can go to over to Alienware.com slash Travis if you would like and take a look at the deals that they have here at the end of the year, these holiday deals. Uh, I know things are getting tight and timelines and all that stuff on ordering products that are going to arrive in time for the holidays. But I will say a lot of you I know are on holiday break or maybe you have some free time during the holidays. So even if it doesn't necessarily arrive in time for, say, Christmas, why don't you go get yourself something that's going to allow you to play amazing games in great quality, uh, get get some high FPS in League or Valorant so that you can climb ladder during the holidays. You know, just relax online with an amazing Alienware product. And they have fantastic things over there. Alienware gaming laptops like the Alienware M18, which has NVIDIA GeForce RTX uh, graphics quality in it graphics cards. Uh, you have the amazing monitors with high refresh rates that are fantastic. You have the new, <coughs> excuse me, you have the new desktops that they are putting out, uh, which, you know, grab one of those things, put it on your desk, the Alienware Aurora R16. It is uh, going to take up less space on your desk than previous Alienware desktops and yet still provide amazing quality um, that you know and love from Alienware. So thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. If you do go and purchase an Alienware uh, notebook or desktop or accessory, please do so through Alienware.com slash Travis so that they know that you did that um, on our behalf, especially as we enter the renewal period for 2024. Uh, but either way, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. And uh, thanks so much for continuing to uh to support us so yeah thanks to Alienware and uh, thank you to all for supporting them all right cubby is off to grab the next caller and as he runs off i do want to give a shout out to vlogfinity uh Kanoke, and embw uh, for the subs by the way uh i will be streaming throughout the holidays off and on especially because Twitch is running a bunch of promotions right now. Bits, if you sub with Bits, uh, they are they get, you get ten percent extra Bits sent in. I said sub with Bits. You send Bits. You don't sub with them. But that's a that's a big thing. And then they're doing a bunch of discounts around subs as well. I think some of those are available now. Not all of them. Let me. I can't find it. Somebody in Twitch chat will mention it. But yeah, if you do want to support the show here at the end of the year, there's a bunch of ways to do it at a discounted way or with uh, some extra oomph on the bit side. Yeah, NFC says 25% uh, off subs, so it's pretty cool. Uh, thank you to everybody who's uh, doing that stuff. Hey, we got our next caller here. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, um, I'm Evie. I'm calling from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 
Nice. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Um, quick story. So I've been trying to get my friends into League Esports this year, and we had a great time watching World's Finals last year. So we decided to watch LCS together for Spring and Summer Split. Uh, one of them got really into Jojo Pyun and Evil Geniuses, and another one became a fan of Golden Guardians. So this has been a great off-season. Um, but yeah. that aside, yeah. Um, how are you and your friend feeling these days? I have watched LCS, LCK, LEC, and all of the international broadcasts, uh, like all of them for the last three years. So I'm fine. Um, I'm, I think I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm going to do my best next year to try to get him. Well, <laughs> do you think that your friends will continue to watch or sort of what's their sentiment? So they like fantasy football. And so that's the, the angle that, that I used is let's play, let's play fantasy league. So I'm not sure what fantasy LCS is going to look like in the spring, but whenever we get details about that, I'll try to rope them in again and be like, Hey, let's go do it again. Um, but if that's not a thing, then I could honestly go 50-50 on if they are going to continue to watch. I'm going to keep linking them, like, whatever I can, but we'll see. Kevin, I'll throw to you because somebody said fantasy football. Are, are, do, you, do you play fantasy football? Do you, you in the playoffs right now? No, I don't, I don't give a shit about sports. I'm starting the caller, Travis. Starting the no, caller. I know nothing, I know nothing about oh, football, and I know nothing right, about right, fantasy fine. football, so... Um, I do think that fantasy games like can be great support around uh, the league and a game and give you a lot of reason to root for stuff that you wouldn't usually root for and dumb stuff like I need this support to die 10 times to have a chance of winning. That can make the game kind of fun. Um, I, I I think it's interesting, like, I, I guess, like, you know, as someone that is a, a newer fan, you know, I, I kind of like do want to ask you, like, what are the things that like your friends particularly like enjoy? Um, I, I, or about like the league, or like what are like some wins or like things looking back that like you thought were really cool for twenty three. So yeah, and the the second part of my take was specifically that I wanted to shout out the broadcast for these kinds of moments that were more accessible that I could link them clips if they missed the broadcast or kind of um have them watch and say hey this is a reason to to keep watching. Um, the one in particular that I I called out was in the summer split. There was that day where the whole uh shtick of the day was can gg break the 99 curse bit like they had the um they, they did a sketch or something and they had an award ceremony and um that stuck out to me as something that was particularly like i appreciated it um because for those friends as entry-level viewers not really necessarily in the league they could really easily latch on to this whole like oh this is really funny like they haven't uh they haven't won nine times before that's funny this bit's funny let's see if they can do it and then when they did it it was you know it was great um so just moments on the broadcast that make it easy for someone that doesn't know i don't want to say know anything but like isn't really as immersed in the history or um really plays a lot of league of legends can kind of easily find something to cheer for or think something is funny or want to see a bit continue or that kind of thing those have been great um they're also really into fashion so the shout out to the the flicker albums um that lcs puts out and the pictures of i think there was a i think they did a lifestyle shoot for spring finals or oh yeah spring yeah i mean yeah. if you're in the shoes the shoe game is pretty good with the lcs players yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's been good so i really like what you were saying when you talked about that Golden Guardians 9 and 9 thing, because 
I think for me, I, I'm trying to remember back, but I think maybe I even felt like it was overplayed on the broadcast that day or like, wow, they're really pushing us. I mean, I think they had some fun stuff with it, but like some of that stuff, it's a, it's a good reminder that some of that stuff that might feel a little cheesy or a little like, okay, yes, we get the narrative over and over again for the Reddit viewing uh, viewer or the like Twitch chat person who's been watching this league forever can be incredibly valuable to somebody who is like new to the league to your point around this, like help give that person who is tuning in for like the first time or maybe the first split something to latch onto in terms of stakes, I think is really smart and something that I think Mark and the rest of the LCS are going to need to think about in the next year as they look to recapture viewers that they've lost. Um, I have a video that I recorded. I don't even think it's up from members yet. I need to see if I need to to go set it live. In fact, I th yeah, I haven't set it yet because it was recorded before the weekend announcement came out. But where I just talk about, like, there's a lot that the league will need to do next year to recapture viewers that it lost this year. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to veer too much into 2024, but just thinking about the things in 2023, the viewers that we lost and also, you know, what were the things we did this year that were good at getting people? And it sounds like that's a, uh, a pretty good, a pretty good example. So thank you for the call. I think it's really good. Um, you said, you said without fantasy, there's a 50, 50 chance that they just don't watch next year. We'll see. Um, there's, I got, I got a dis, I, I got a dedicated Discord channel in in their server to post clips to. So I'm gonna keep clipping nice. anything that I can think is funny over, and highly recommend that they watch things. And maybe we'll, if um, if there's a road show for spring that ends up being accessible, I'll try to convince them to go. And then if they are going, then yeah, I'll then I have a better case. So we'll see. Yeah. No, I really like that. Uh, thank you for, by the way, for continuing to push the league to people because I, I there's so much doom and gloom. I mean, Cubby, I'm sure you experience this too, where sometimes you just see so many people who are so self defeatist about the future of the league, or oh, why is Mark taking this job whenever the league's going to die, or Travis, you know, what are you doing? Are you switching to Magic so you can get out of here? And for me, I I love to hear when people are doing the opposite. Um, and really trying to like, hey, no, I do care about the league and I want to get people into it. You know, I think that that's really helpful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it, it's hard because like once you get in the weeds of working, like, I, I, I mean, I started off as a fan, right? Like, I, I watched day one of season three. Like, I remember watching, like, rushing back from high school and watching, and like, I, I was a fan like while in college, and uh, like, I, I, I can't be a fan anymore like I used to, right? But it's fun when I hear people, especially like that are new fans. Because that is just not me. And there's a lot of power to like being new to something. Like uh, when we worked at a startup, like we would bring in interns and just be like, like in the first week, just like tell us whatever you think, right? Because like sometimes like when you look at something forever, like you just don't catch very obvious things, right? Or like you don't realize things as like, okay, like that, that works, right? Um, so I, I am glad that we have like continue to find some new fans. Um, and yeah, I hope we get more and more. So, yeah, yeah, thanks. I, I, I really appreciate your call. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us, Evies. No problem. Yep, and thank you so much. Anything you want to shout out before we say goodbye? Um, shout out Alienware. Shout out Hotline League for being my favorite Monday evening live League of Legends-related viewer call-in show. You are you guys are smashing that, uh, that horn of the market. 
Um, but no, I, I really do like the, I really do look forward to, to Monday evenings um, and being able to kind of just tune in as part of my weekly routine. Um, yep. Shout out my partner and shout out a certain very friendly discord server. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Thanks. Hopefully you'll call in again in the future with that positivity. I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. Uh, off we go to the next caller. Cubby's so quick. I got to get him to slow down. Okay. Uh, shout out to Bayora for the 27 months and Bowen Chun with the 200 bits. Thank you. Yes. Bits are, uh, bits are, they're bonus right now. If you have bits sitting around, now's the time to spend them on your favorite stream. doesn't have to be this one, but it's just a nice little Twitch promotion they're doing right now where you send bits, they give people 10% more or whatever. Um, let's see. See people in chat talking about stuff. Is Travis at a hotel? No. I am at a friend's house in Austin. Okay, we got Olympias here. Olympias, where are you calling from? Hi, I'm calling from London, United Kingdom. Ooh, you're calling from the UK. What time is it there? Uh, it is 4 a.m. and I have work in five hours. Okay, we'll try to get you through this then. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? So my conspiracy take for the show is that 2023 proved that C9... Um, as an organization, was co is content with only having success locally and resting on their NA laurels. I think this stems from them having been on the top for so long and not feeling like they have any competition. And I think esports winter also probably has something to do with this in the sense that where surviving is just a goal for other organizations, C9 has enough of brand recognition to stay alive without doing well internationally. Um, that's my take. I can further support it more um but yeah that's about it yeah go for, what i my prediction is your one thing you're going to say is like they should have dropped fudge i hate fudge fudge bad but go <laughs> ahead prove me wrong no no not at all i think i think it's actually like uh, on two fronts they've they're kind of proving that they're content uh, with having success locally the the slightly weaker take or front is that on the content side 2023 i think was a really strong year for them obviously having a player like zven on the team means that c9 was very strong um on content and in terms of like boosting up viewership on whatever they had but even on the competitive side i think that they clearly just didn't show the 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 drive uh when they competed internationally and yet it seems like as an organization, C9 didn't really do anything to shake up whatever they were trying to do. They're just trying to do the usual instruct the super team, right? Like, I mean, if we take a look at 2023 spring, like they won um, spring playoffs. They had a regular season record of 14 and four. In summer, they were 13 and five. Um, sure, they ended up losing to, to NRG, but like locally, it seems that they were super happy with the success um, overall yet when it comes to international events like in 2023 msi uh they lost very very convincingly to blg 3-0 uh, meanwhile golden guardians managed to at least get a game off of blg uh so i think that that proved that they were better than c9 and obviously i don't need to even talk about worlds where c9 was like one in three compared to energy making it to quarterfinals and so i think despite this disappointing success it kind of just our success are like failures, I guess, and internationally, I don't see enough of a change to, and that's why that's my take. What okay, but I still don't understand what did you want them to do differently? 
Um, I think they needed to really shake up. Um, you know what? Honestly, that's a good question. I just wanted to do some. I just wanted them to do something different, and it seems to me that they're complacent right now and not really hungry for that international success. I don't know what that uh, different thing is. Whether it's pulling more from local uh, um, NA talent rather than just you know having the biggest pockets and trying to pull the best players from all the other teams. Um, they, they did get no. JoJo and and Vulcan, which is I, I I'd say the like like what did you think of their off season? If like because I like for me like you're implying like hey like you know like we wanted to see them switch things up and they did make some changes this off season. But like, is there anything else that, like you were looking for? Like, did you want more support behind the scenes? Did you want a different player in the lineup or like what are you thinking? I mean, I think I wanted uh, new players in the lineup. That like that's potentially uh, one thing. So I actually think. Mudge was is fine in his role and, and was happy um, to do for that. And probably, yeah, the off-season changes did help um, to kind of combat that um, feeling that I have that they were being complacent. But I, I guess just in general, um, if we're talking retrospectively throughout the year, I just don't think that like they made enough changes, maybe even in the year, to really prove that... Um, you want to have that success internationally. So that's kind of the reason why I think they're only content with only being good in NA. Okay. I guess I'm just, I like, it's a struggle for me because I feel like you're like, well, they lost. And so they're, they're content with that. But I have not seen anything to indicate that like them losing means they're content with losing. I mean, everyone, other than T1 lost at Worlds this year, I don't think that that means all of those teams were content with losing at Worlds. You know what I mean? I I mean, hey, I read Eminus's post, you know, and he definitely was not content. Um, he might have called some other people content, but you know, he definitely wasn't on, on that team. So, um, no, I I don't know. I I mean, I I'd like to think like everyone's like competitive, especially over at C9. I actually really appreciated the video that Mithy and high put out with their manager it was like a 50 minute retrospective about um like the last year and like the changes they made for the upcoming year and i, I definitely feel like c9 like they were an org to me that like early on you know kind of had this idea of like healthy body healthy mind we're gonna figure out a system to like have players on a good schedule and like get them to train like athletes right and i think a lot of other um like teams have kind of adopt like adapted this along the way c9's been they've definitely catered their terminology to you know play towards the systems it's, it's a bit of a meme um i like the changes they like they don't feel like a complacent team to me like i i think that like they the struggles that they had in summer for me was like they talked about being str like struggling to adapt and i think that that doesn't like equal complacency like they were honest, like, about Sven playing engaged supports, right? Like, they felt like he was stronger on Enchantresses, and they were stronger as a team when he was on Enchantresses versus an engage. And, like, that was, that took steps to, like, work on, right? right? I think that I, I like Fudge as a player. I think Fudge is a good top laner, and I'm really glad the C9 kept Fudge. I don't think that he had his best split in the summer. Um, Like, Fudge is a player that, for me, has improved throughout his career, and you can win this region with Fudge as a top laner, and that's been very tough to do historically if you don't have impact or like even someday where like a lot of those teams have been competitive, right? Like Fudge is a player where you can win the league with him as a top laner. I don't think he had his best summer, but like by no means do I think do I like that means complacency, right? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like 
and like Amadas, like like they swapped out Amadas for JoJo, and JoJo's like the best player to get in the offseason. He's going to be probably the highest paid player going into next year. I got. I mean, that is like to me, C 9s like making very aggressive moves. If anything, to like moving forward. Um. So, yeah, I I I've, I don't know. I found it interesting because like um at least like this take. I just like this is not the perspective that I have on C nine. I was kind of curious like what your thoughts were. Um. But yeah, I for me, I I think that C nine is definitely a team that like I'm curious. It, like who can push them because like a lot of people are putting their roster first even though nrg won and looking at their roster i think that that's not out of line at all their roster is crazy uh so yeah yeah thank you so much that... oh go ahead oh, yeah. yeah no 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 I, I mean uh my last thing was just going to be do, do you guys think that c9 maybe tried to look too far ahead during summer split because they were you know thought that they had summer split in the bag and that's the reason why they lost second that they, I definitely they got think second. they they did not have their best showing in summer finals and i don't know if that's because they just had an off day or the team started to argue with each other or what went on there maybe they were just overconfident and they thought like oh we're gonna crush nrg and then we'll go to worlds and be fine um but i don't think that like I don't I don't feel like C9 got complacent. Um and I just think as an org they are not satisfied with their lot in life. You know, like I I really doubt that I don't think the organization is happy that energy was getting all the glory of being the only Western team to make it out of groups, you know. Um that's like an ego check for, for Jack and everybody. So I just don't I don't see it that way. Is there anything you want to shout out here at the end, though, Olympic? Uh, yeah, um, I want to shout out Alienware, of course. I want to shout out Cubby. You're going to do great as a new host. And yeah, love Hotline League. Thanks Thank for you so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Uh, so off Cubby goes to get the next caller. Thank you to... Did we get any subs? No new subs recently. If you're in the chat and you're watching, might I suggest hovering your cursor over the screen and uh, just testing. There should be a little uh, little button that pops up there, maybe. It says free prime or prime sub. It's a little crown. Just do me a favor and see if that works. Max Drixton is here. Max, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Wow, we had Pittsburgh and Philly. Uh, are you an Eagles fan? No, I'm a Patriots fan. Okay, well, I'm sorry for you still. Uh, Eagles just lost. Anyway, moving forward, Travis doesn't want to hear about football. Spoilers. What do you want to talk about on the show? Sure. So the take that I put is that LCS this year had the highest average level of player strength we've seen in a while, which paid off with NRG's performance at Worlds. You said at the highest average player strength we've seen in a while. And that's why, and that paid off with NRG's performance. Uh, yeah. Okay, so looking at 2023, do I agree with that? So we had Doublelift and Bjergsen come back, and whether or not people want to say they were good or not, I mean, they're great players, and I think consistently test people. I think, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the mid lane pool was pretty soft. Top was interesting 
How do you feel about this, Cubby? I I have mixed feelings about this one, which is kind of why I was interested to pull this because I do think that like I thought NRG played well at Worlds, but I don't know if that was from player strength. Like I think that the great part about NRG is that this was a team that always showed up and I think that they had decent drafts and like knew how to play out those drafts well. Um NRG, like if you look back at this year, like NRG never choked. Um, I and we did see a big rise in like some talent coming in from Challengers League, especially in mid, that changed things. Um, we saw, I think AD was actually pretty strong this year in LCS. Uh, like with some of the players coming in, like with Doublelift and and Prince. Uh, and then I I think other roles like we lost inspired and I thought I thought jungle was like it's usually the best role in NA I felt like jungle was fine like I think jungle has been better in other splits I think that top was pretty bad this split and was definitely better in other splits like I missed seeing impact playing playoffs um, I thought support was pretty meh this split so I, I don't know I was kind of like curious because like, I think I can say for marksman that I thought that the like there was pretty good marksman Marksman playing LCS. Uh, and, like, jungle's always been good, but, like, I can find better splits. But I'm kind of curious, like, what we thought of, like, stacking up, uh, like, overall. Like, fast splits. I don't know. Yeah, were, what, what were the players, or what made you feel like the, the average player strength was just higher this year, Max? So, I feel like, especially in AD carry, I feel like uh, the top, you know, like, six AD carries were all players that I would have wanted to see at Worlds. Um, but also, I think, you know, in top lane, there were, you know, probably four or five top laners that I would have been comfortable seeing. Uh, junglers, there were probably four junglers. Mid lane, I agree, was probably the weakest role in LCS right now. Uh, but in general, I think that a lot of the weakness of LCS teams were from, like, coordination issues. Um, like, Team Liquid, I think, had very strong players, but weren't able to pull it together as a team. I think the same is true of FlyQuest. Um, and I think that makes their players look worse than they are. But on an individual basis, I think, you know, the players are still very good. You know what? I do, I do like that part. Because it's, it's hard because when I look at the roster, like, I think of the performance of the players this year. I... I do feel like a lot of the roles were not particularly stacked. But when I think about how much good play, how many good players were on teams that underperformed, that is very true, right? Like mm-hmm. that Dignitas lineup that we all thought like, hey, this is a pretty good lineup and it just consistently seemed to struggle. And um I guess they had that one streak at one point in time during the summer. Um, but they always do that. Uh, we saw how much FlyQuest was just a complete flop. Like the, the Hundred Thieves stuff didn't really pan out the way it sh- it, people expected it to. Like there were just a lot of rosters that were not living up to expectations. And so by that metric, I guess you could say there were good players in the league that were just not able to meet their potential because there were a lot of like good players on bad teams. I don't know. What do you think of that, Cubby? I mean, I can look at some of the bottom teams and like call out good players on there. Like I think Doublelift played well th- this year. 
I thought Rich was fine this year, even if he like ended up being exposed a little bit in playoffs. Um, I, I mean, FlyQuest, like, I thought Impact was good. Um, yeah, I, I, I can, I can go look at those teams and like pick out good players or like, I feel like teams lost like they didn't play as a team. Like Hundred Thieves was painful to watch as a team. FlyQuest was painful to watch like as a team play the game. Like, I, I, I didn't, I felt like it was less. Like, oh, this player is so bad that, like, they just can't win, right? Whereas, like, that's happened in the past. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I guess, well, I don't know. It's a really interesting thing to think about. I, I wonder, you know, five months from now, at the end of Spring Split, what the consensus will be on, on this year. Because I do think there's a big argument, not to go too far into 2024, but that... Next year, the average player is going to be far worse than the LCS, like compared to this year. Maybe we'll look back next year on this year and be like, man, the league was so much stronger then. Um, we'll have to see. But Max, thanks for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Yeah, I just want to shout out uh, Mad Magical. Uh, he released the news, I think, this weekend that he's not going to be casting NACL next split. Um, which is pretty sad. So I think he'd just use some support if you can, you know, sub to his Patreon or just send him a nice message on Twitter. I think he'd appreciate it. Yeah, he could. Um, yeah, he, he was a really hard worker and I, uh, that, that I was really bummed to hear that news this week. Uh, so that, that's a great shout out. Th thanks for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks Max for the call and we'll catch yeah. you next yeah. time. Yeah, bye. Yeah. I, I, that's an interesting call. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think the answer is a yes, but I'm it's like a curious one to like look back on like individual strength like when it was at its best for NA I, I'd probably say like season six is like when I felt like things were looking the best for NA like individually and then TSM got spanked at Worlds but you know I don't know about that one yeah I guess <laughs> I guess we'll see yeah all right uh Cubby you want to go grab the next caller yep, yep. all right thank you to a large Farva for gifting a sub. M. Lewis, no, for the Prime. And we just played, thanks for the Prime. Bella, if you're in the chat, you have not replied to my most recent message um, about tomorrow. So let me know. I know you were here earlier. Uh, we've got two more callers to go. Cubby's grabbing the next one. Uh, thank you to Cubby for uh, taking over the role of the caller fairy, the ferryman who brings in the callers. Uh, do appreciate all of you for tuning in. It's a little smaller of a, of a live audience this time because we're not on YouTube. Uh, I didn't want to test. I really want to stress uh, too much since I'm I'm on the road right now, and I, I wanted to make sure we could get at least one stream going. And also just because I think it's right before the holidays, people are leaving. There's not been much going on in but I like episodes like this where we get to reflect on the previous year. And I think it's important because so much stuff happens in esports so quickly that we often think about, we forget how wild it is within the context of a 12 month period. So that's why I think it's always really nice to like have these episodes to just reflect on like, man, how crazy is this, you know, 12 months later. Anyway, we've got LNA here. LNA, where are you calling from? I'm calling from San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio, Ooh. Texas. What do you want to talk We're about on the close, show? 
Um, oh yeah, I should, yeah, I very talk- close to where I'm at in Austin. Uh, what yeah. do you want to talk about on the show, though? Um, I wanted to to just shout out any players in 2023. I thought it was maybe not the strongest season, kind of following up on the last call, but definitely because of NA players, um, a really great season for, for personalities and stories. And I think that almost every team that was like interesting, almost um, was interesting because of NA players. So I yeah. think energy. Go ahead and highlight some if you'd like. Yeah. I think NRG is a pretty obvious story. And I think we already talked about it uh, quite a bit tonight. Um, but then I think, you know, looking at some other top teams or potential top teams, uh, EG, the story of Jojo and his, uh, in his, Come back here. Um, I think uh, Golden Guardians with the rise of uh, Licorice and Stixay or the revival. Um, I think even kind of lower end teams like uh, IMT Revenge was kind of the one shining light on that team. And then um, 100T uh, was kind of the story, this kind of failed story. Um, but was still interesting just because there were any young NA players on it. Uh, to see if the the young guys can support the old bets, and then um, really the the kind of other piece to it is that with Devil Left and Bjergsen retiring in the same year, it seems like the the kind of race for the crown is down to maybe Berserker, uh, JoJo, and Blabber. So two out of three are actually in a residence. Yeah, no, I I like this take a lot, especially because. Uh, within the last week or so, I released a video talking about how I would like to see Riot change the import rule. And I've had to sit through so many call or so many comments on YouTube wading through them of people who are just saying like, you know, NA players suck. They should completely remove the import rule because these players all are terrible or they're just bad. Why should we have space for them whenever we can just have import players, et cetera, et cetera. But I think this year really defined the strength of so many North American players. And that's not to take anything away from amazing players like Berserker who continued to shine in our league in this year. But I think JoJo continued to be such a standout when you saw the players like Palafox and Dokla on NRG that found such success. And when you did see a lot of big name import players continue to flop uh, in in yet another year of like, hey, coming over here and then boomeranging back with like Prince and Vicla and stuff. I really do appreciate you putting a spotlight on on North American players and North American talent in the league. Cubby, obviously I know you're huge on, on NA talent. I don't know what you'd like to add here. I, I mean, I, I was the one that was, you know, kind of defending mask. Uh, but I, I will say that like, Part of why I was kind of defending Mask as a pickup was the fact that there were so many players that did move up and like get promoted from challengers, right? Like APN and Insanity were big. Um, JoJo had a great year, Energy winning. I I really like this take because I think one of the things that I do I will think about when I look back on 2023 is, hey, some of those import like teams didn't work out, right? Or even like when TL worked out, it was because like they had to use both their challengers midliners and their entire strategy was built around Harry and Yawn being developed by then. So that they, like they could put imports around them and make sure that was a team that could work. Right. So I, I don't know. I, I think that like we did see, like I love the licorice and sticks, a shout outs, like the resurgence of those guys, I think was great. Uh, I want to throw Huhi in there too. I think did have his best split. I think I've ever seen him have like as support in summer. Um, 
I, I, I really think like when I look back on this split, I'm going to remember like insanity and APA stepping in. I'm going to remember the, like how TL built, like mixing their challenges program with imports and that man, it, they got it to work, right? It took time, but they did get it to work. Uh, and I'm going to remember FlyQuest 100 Thieves, like struggling, right? And I, I think that next year will be kind of uh a new generation almost for LCS, like a new start for LCS going like, you know, back to eight teams as well. Um, I think that they were really trying to sell that with the LCS 10, but it really feels like it's going to hit next year. When I look at this year, I'm going to kind of see it as a transitioning point. You know, uh, I think it's, I think it's interesting. Yeah, I, I really agree. Alan, I don't know if you have anything you want to add on to this since we kind of ripped off your take, but well, always a tough call, whatever. I love the take, but we also just completely agree with you, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. Um, yeah, I think the only thing I'd add is, you know, since we're not talking about next year, you know, big hope after 2023 that a lot of great NA players get on all these, you know, reduced teams for, for 2024 because we, we, haven't, we haven't thought about 2024 yet. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I it is it is rough when we're not seeing Stix A and Licorice uh starting next year so yeah anything that you want to shout out before we go off onto our next caller i i have a big gripe travis and it's that three years ago i i bought some alienware peripherals and they are still working and i'm just uh i'm just upset about it because i like to support from some of my uh, favorite content makers but alienware just makes products that are too good and they won't break so i can't buy new ones so uh just like to say you know shout out to alienware for making their stuff too good Timestamp, clip, put that in the video. Yeah. Well, if you have any social media, feel free to uh, voice that complaint to Alienware and tag me so that you they know that if only they made less superior peripherals, you would be able to support me by purchasing new ones. So, but no, I really appreciate that, LNA. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, and have a good one. Uh, hopefully, we'll catch you in the new year. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year. See ya. All right. We've got two more callers to go. We grabbed another one here in a second. Uh, Cubby's off to grab them. Thank you to uh, Django Bingo for the Prime. Really appreciate it. Uh, let's see. What else is going on here? Thank you to every subbing or being support under the channel. Always really appreciate it. And thank you to everybody all this year for supporting all the content that I've been making. Um, it's been a really crazy year, a weird year. Obviously, the league has changed a ton. The entire esports industry has changed a ton. Um, and there's been big changes in my life, and both professionally and personally. So uh, I just want to, you know, if you're listening to this right now, thank you. You know, especially, I know many of you listen to my voice, even as it has audio issues intermittently on certain episodes every week. And I uh, I just really want to say thank you for that. So hopefully everybody's having a good holiday break and enjoying things as they head into the end of the year. I know not everybody gets time off, but hopefully even if you're not getting time off, you have some time that you can relax or be reflective or see family or just even just get in a couple of fun games of your preferred thing, be it League of Legends, Magic the Gathering, pick up a good book, any of that. So uh, Cubby is getting our last 
two callers here. Looks like there's maybe some issues with one of them, but it looks like we've got one joining now. And that person is Ren. Ren, where are you calling from? I guarantee you I'm the first caller you've ever had from Cheyenne, Wyoming. From Cheyenne yeah, Mountain? Probably. Cheyenne, Wyoming. Cheyenne, Wyoming. Well, I can't check the other 300 episodes, but I think there's a very good chance that's probably true. Uh, what do you want? What do you want to talk about of an episode? Yeah, what uh, my take was that I think the LCS is pushing in the wrong direction when it comes to audience capture. I think the demographic of the viewers and fans is trending older, and they should lean into that. Do you feel like they have tried to capture a younger audience? I think we saw that last year with the way they tried to kind of catch the untapped Twitch audience. And if you're going to get older people, you're not going to do it on three or four o'clock on a Wednesday morning or afternoon, right? We got jobs. And so you just feel, what What do you mean by uh, trying to, you, do you think it was a timing thing where they were trying to, you're saying like the fact that they were trying to switch to weekdays in the afternoon, that was trying to get the younger audience? I don't know if it was trying to get the younger audience, but I think it was ignoring where their demographic lies and where the strength is of league's viewership. So what, like maybe for clarification, then like, where would you put the strength? Like if you had to like give like a, like, would it be like 24 to 32? Like, you know, like you want to like give like an age bracket or like kind of like, yeah. where do you think the strength is? Well, just, I did a little bit. I went before I, when I was coming up with this take, I jumped on Twitch cause I don't get on Twitch very much. I'm, I'm a YouTube viewer almost exclusively. And I thought maybe there's a bunch of really popular streamers that I don't know that are all 16 to 18 or 21. Right. But there's not. Almost all of the popular streamers are anywhere between, what, 28 and 30 in that way. You've got T1, you've got Night Blue and all those guys at that area. I mean, you have a couple like the Bows and Dantes that are like 23, 25. But I'd say it's anywhere between 24 and 30 is probably your time where that's your target demographic, I think. anybody. I don't think everybody has been watching for 13 seasons or 10 seasons or whatever it is. But I do think it's, it's way more than yet focusing on trying to catch new viewers seem to be the wrong way to go. It, my opinion would be we should bring in the older viewers that have kind of become a little disenchanted with us. And that would bump up the numbers. And when you bump up the numbers, then you can, you know, you can drive your FOMO. What, um, what would you like to have seen them do differently this year to make sure that they're recapturing that older audience that maybe you feel like they are not aiming for? Well, I think the change of the weekends is a good idea. Like I said, I mean, we, we have jobs. That's important. I really liked the new content, creator-driven content uh, that they did. I thought that was really fun to watch. I also think that uh, what they should be doing is I think they should be finding ways to consolidate and make it easy to look at league as a whole. Um, I think the LOL Esports website is dog water, which sucks. It's I, I want to go there and I want to pay attention to it. I try. I had to do it during Worlds when I was, you know, up at six in the morning or whatever watching games. But it's just it's brutal. I think you need a centralized location where everybody can go to get all their team information. All the team content should be on there. If you go to a team page on LOL Esports, it's a picture of five dudes. That's it. That's it. So my, like, we're going a little bit off topic, but I do want to talk about this a little bit. Lol, so lolesports.com, I think, I agree that it's, like, really rough to go there 
from a functionality standpoint where it's like you want to go look at the schedule for something well it doesn't you can't just click lcs schedule and see it's starting on this day at this time or you want to go look at an article about when lcs spring finals is like that is oftentimes hidden or not updated on the main page or whatever i do think on the other hand, I don't worry too much about them not having like all the team content there because I don't think that people nowadays travel to like a destination website to go look at like to go try to view content. They go to like content aggregators, either Reddit or like other social media websites, um, or they let YouTube's algorithm serve it to them directly. So like I don't worry too much about like if they if they invested a ton of time into lollysports.com and made it so like, hey, you can deep dive into all your different teams and see all their deep t content and stuff. That sounds really great, but I also just don't view it as the way that the majority of the internet uses the internet these days. Um, but on the ver on the front of just like making it easier to figure out when the fuck the games are happening and what what those games are, I think that that is a perfectly reasonable thing to say would help every demo not just like the older demo um <laughs> figure this stuff out right mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i also, I also think, think you don't, you need, don't to need to have, have a really in-depth in in thing. thing just when just you when click on a team's name here's their youtube page here's their social media i think sure. there's a couple really, really simple, simple things you could do that would highlight things really effectively i, I think that's probably true i just wonder how much those would get clicked like if you told me that those things get clicked 10 times a day uh, or less if they put that stuff in, I believe you. Like, it's just, there's oftentimes things where you are like, this will be really nice. And then it's just sort of like not how people tend to navigate products these days. Well, that's true. But I think a lot of it's just because we end up in situations where nobody wants to go to the website, right? Like you like said, you the said scheduling thing is incredibly frustrating to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the sketch, like that stuff is very true. Like, People go, I think people tend to go to websites like lollysports.com with a specific intent, right? Like I need to go find, they're more likely Googling, trying to Google LCS spring schedule or something. And then when Google fails them, they're just like, all right, I'll go to lollysports.com. And then they try to navigate it and it fails. Um, and so I think that that is the most important part uh, for sure. But we, we kind of got off topic. Cubby, what do you make of this stuff? I mean, uh, I clicked on the website now, and it says how to buy your 2020 LCS Spring Finals tickets. So I think that's a pretty big fucking problem, uh, but everyone's kind of forgotten about it. So um, I, I, I have, like, two takes. I think that um, the website's a joke, but I also think that the best thing that they could do is uh, we're going to take a page from Dota 2's book and... In the client, you can go spectate any game that's being played in the eSport in your own client. Um, and I think that's that's the move. Um, I, I think, like, they can do other things outside of the website that would be better. Uh, like, for actually, like, netting just anyone who plays the game. And also, um, I think that the idea of, like, rewarding the diehard demographic is good, but I... I mean, we did have a call from someone that was like a newer viewer earlier, um, like Evie's, and I think that newer viewers are important for anything. Like you have to find a way to attract the newer audience, especially in gaming, because we're gonna maybe break the fourth wall here for some of the viewers that may have not heard this spiel before. Uh, but 
the demographic that is spending money to sponsor in gamings they they or the i should say the companies the demographic they want is 18 to 24 uh because like what we figured out when i was pitching this to my university so like fun background on me i co-founded the first varsity program esports program at a d1 school and we were like the ninth in the nation and part of why we were able to pull this off is that um like we did a lot of research on sponsors like the student base and we found that your typical esports person uh, they're of higher socioeconomic status because of how expensive a PC is to own in the U.S. Uh, they're more likely to be in STEM majors, which makes it really appealing for colleges because they're more likely to pay more money for school. Um, and they're smart enough with tech where they're going to use adblock. Uh, so like a bit, a lot of like sponsor money that comes into esports, they want to get the 18 to 24 year olds, and that's where you see like who is sponsoring esports. It's car insurance, car companies, insurance in general. Uh, phone companies, it's banks, it's credit cards, it's every company where if they get you as an 18 year old as a customer, they have you as a customer for life because the switching cost for this is like too much. Like, do you want to switch your bank like at home? Right? Probably not. Um, or like, and that was like a lot of like some of the non endemics that came in and spent big. There, of course, are endemics. Like, you know, I make monitors, I want to advertise in esports, right? Like, that makes sense. Um, so I, I think that like, it's actually really important that games continue to get this demographic because that is actually what's going to sell sponsors and what is like going to fund the league. It, it is this demographic. And we can have a different discussion. Like I, I can put my marketing major hat on and be like, all right, how can we ethically advertise to these people? Right. Because I think that as someone brought up in the chat, like credit cards can be predatory. Yeah, you should like, uh, that's like a different discussion. Right. Um, but that is ultimately like where the money is going to come in for esports, And I do think it's really important for the life of anything to actually attract younger fans, which happens in sports with youth sports and everything and turn them fans for like into fans for life. Right. Um, I, I think that rewarding the diehards, like if they go, obviously like you don't want to see that, but you have to, I think it's easier to maintain viewers than it is to get new ones, especially when the game gets harder to understand every year. So, yeah, I think that's true, but I think it's also important, you know, the previous caller, how did her friends get involved? It's fantasy. Uh, I get into the fantasy. Yeah, she roped it. They, you know, they roped them in through fantasy, right? Yep. But it was an older viewer who said, "Hey, you should check this out," yep. and that's how it happens. Yeah. Right. So I and yep. it, I I think I think you're super right about new being important. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's probably a player behavior team thing that has an aspect in there too. Our game needs to be far more fun and welcoming than it is. Mm -hmm. But I don't expect Hotline League to be able to change that situation. Well, well I, I mean. I mean Ex-host is commissioner now, you know. That, you know, that is true. I Sometimes I feel like, uh, what, what's his name in, uh, what was the second clerks when he's like, I'm taking it back. Yeah. Like whenever, whenever I'm in solo, solo queue, just trying to be decent to people, trying, trying to, as, as cringe as it is, just trying to be a good, I guess I'm just too old is what it is. That's my problem, I guess. You're you're old and you're saying we need to make sure we only continue to get old people watching the league. <laughs> That's the, I, I'm sorry. That wasn't my intent. That wasn't my intent. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. I, I think, I mean, we talked about this maybe six months ago when I think it was after like a Cutie Cinderella episode, like LCS visit, where it's like there is a bit of a battle for what the LCS is supposed to be and what it will be going forward. And I think older viewers are always going to be frustrated when they see changes that are made more towards attracting newer viewers. And it is on Mark and the rest of the LCS team now to figure out, like, 
who is the target? Like, are are they willing to move away from people who are my age uh, more towards people who are Cubby's age, for instance, or uh, you know the the newer crew of folks who watch watch the league or who um, you know grew up with it in high school and college and are now getting out. So I think I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they approach that. But I think your question or your point is like a very valid one, right? right? Which is like, who is this league for and how are they going to go for it? So uh, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we start to wrap things up? Uh, I had a couple things. Number one, to the previous caller, I think it's super impressive that someone who plays league doesn't break peripherals regularly. I think that's awesome. Very true. We don't know um, if they, they, maybe they only watch. They didn't say they played. Maybe. Maybe they try and Elliot Ware is just that good, you know? Maybe, that, maybe that's what it is. Right? Um, I, I had one question for you, Travis. It's a little off topic. I was wondering, I've seen your book takes thing. Uh, what did you think of uh, the Red Rising book six? I really loved it. Um, I was really struggling with the second saga of Red Rising. Um, I still liked it. I still liked those ones, but I felt like they were pretty big step downs from the original trilogy. And uh, I thought I thought six did a great job of returning to a lot of the fundamentals, um, and I won't give any spoilers, but I I definitely the ending was very surprising to me. Um, but yeah, I've thought about doing a video about that book, and maybe during my break, if I if I get time to, I will. Uh, for maybe we'll maybe the book channel will get an update now that Mark's not around to uh, support it. I'll make it look like he was the one holding me back. Well, that, that's terrific. I felt the exact same way. Uh, the first uh, the books four and five had me a little bit disenchanted with the whole thing. And then six just kind of swung me back. So, yeah, yeah, I think it was good. So maybe, uh, I maybe to... we'll see the LCS follow suit. There you go. I wanted to thank uh, Cubby. I'm a Bronco fan, right? So I appreciate the Bears preventing the Broncos from being 0 and 6 earlier in the year. Oh, my God. OK, small story. I appreciate you guys coming through there. So. Small small, small tidbit. I was actually while that game is being played, I was in a I was at a wedding that was taking place in Colorado. So I was surrounded by Broncos fans watching that game. And it was, the Bears were up, what, 28-0? And we lost, and it was tragic. It was brutal. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, and oh. the other thing that I wanted to make sure is, is your head mod, is the, is the name Numi? Is that right? Uh, yes, Numi is the community manager for TGI. Huge shout out to them for going through all the effort to get the back end stuff or the front end stuff working for the YouTube subs because it just wasn't working. And I guess there's still some some issues, but took a ton of time setting up my stuff and kept in touch with me over the last week. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, wow. What was the issue you were? Oh, to get Discord and YouTube stuff synced? Yeah, Yeah, the YouTube, there's still some issue with it syncing and it's not working, but uh, Numi went above and beyond and like i said it's over the, over the span of about a week so i i big thanks huge thanks that's really cool i'm sorry to hear that there's issues there i know that youtube's back end is not as flushed out in, in terms of twitch in terms of getting a lot of that api stuff like even nightbot i feel like works way laggier over there so i am happy that we are m- more often streaming on youtube these days but i yeah it's been i still continue to feel like that platform is not it's inferior to Twitch and, and from what it offers from like a, a streaming perspective. Uh, but I know a lot of people like it more, so happy to continue to do it. Either way, thank you so much for the call and we'll catch you next time. Hey, you guys yeah, have yeah. a Merry Christmas, huh? Yeah.
Happy holidays. See ya. All right. Uh, Cubby, we had another person in the waiting room, but they disappeared. Is that what happened? I got them. I, okay. I, I, uh, yeah. It, it, it was my issue. I'm going to get them, get them real quick. Okay, cool. Oh, we got one more caller to go. Thank you, Mellow Jello, for the prime. Really appreciate it. Thank you to all the support from everybody. We'll see if our last caller is able to get uh, is able to get their microphone working. Any luck? Okay, here we go. Caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, my, Hi, name, my is, name is uh, M. Lewis Snow. I'm calling from frigid uh, Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, recently yeah, exited yeah. the hot tub uh, yeah. for Cubby's sake. I'm I am uh, envious of your hot tub. That sounds really nice right now. Uh, what do you uh, What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Yeah. So, uh, in, in the spirit of looking back at 2023, I think in 2023 the LCS was a more compelling uh, product than the LEC for the first time in years. Um, there's a couple things about that. First of all, this is not me shit talking the LEC. The LEC is how I got into League of Legends, um, and I just think the LCS has really stepped up its game in terms of the quality of its content. Um, I think that the teams, well, whether or not they were better, I know there was an earlier call about that, um, is one thing, but they were definitely more competitive with each other this year. And then we had some just incredible stories in both uh, splits. We had FlyQuest starting strong, but Golden Guardians ultimately taking over uh, in spring, um, you know, making it to, to finals. And then we had, um, uh, obviously, uh, NRG, I almost said CLG, having uh, NRG win uh, Summer Split and then also do its incredible uh, uh, stuff at, at Worlds. Um, whereas the LEC has kind of felt stagnant for the last year or two in terms of its competitive play. Um, and I think they've lost some of their bigger hitters in terms of content, um, at least the kind of content that I'm into. Um, I'll admit I got into esports because of Overwatch League and LEC. So like that should tell you my sort of demographic, but although I am 30, so. I mean, I think one of the things that you didn't even mention is we just had a superior format. Um, which well, is funny because yeah. it's not like we even chose that format <laughs> as a new thing. It's just they ran it down by switching to a format that I don't think is better. Um, especially having weird stuff where like you have these finals that aren't happening in arenas, and then you have a final that doesn't really feel like a final. It's just a lot of weird stuff. I think that really screwed with what the LEC was this year. Uh, but other than that, I do give a shout out, yes, as you said, to a lot of the content that the LCS is making. Obviously, Mark was a huge component in that, but the, the teams behind that as well that did things like Are You Smarter Then and Catching Up With Double Lift, I think the LCS pushed its way in a way that the LEC didn't. And quite frankly, I wish we... I'm excited to see what, what the LEC, LCS can do when... It's on even footing, so to speak, um, with weekends as the LEC. Um, not that it's not that it's much of a competition these days, but I do think your point is is a, a well-rounded one, Cubby. Um, I think that the LEC. So I, it's funny because like when I've been on the show and we talk about format, you know, I kind of have Mark here, and then I'm like, yeah, I pretty much agree with Mark, and like yada yada yada. Now I kind of have to, you know, uh, take Mark's seat and like, I think the LEC format is a good idea that was poorly executed. And I think that where I agree with you is that one roadshow sucks. Um, and I know that like there was a take that I didn't take in the discord, but someone said that they really enjoyed the roadshows this year as they were able to make it. And I think the roadshows are really fun. Um, 
I think that that is a big part of like having two splits is like having a big final. And the fact that OEC only had one stunk. I also think someone else said that like OEC kind of felt like it was G2 and everyone else this year. And I want to say that things were a little bit more competitive, but there was still this underlying sentiment that G2 was going to win uh, for the majority of splits. And the, it was more interesting for me. Like the most interesting OEC storyline was actually Fnatic making worlds this year. Uh, and I don't think that was nearly as interesting as NRG winning for NA. Um, so I, I, I think that is all I also kind of plays into it. I still, I still want to say that I like the format for LEC. I think that the double groups is a good idea. And I think that going to best of threes early on is a good idea. Uh, I think that they just need to, I actually think that they, if they want to do the three split thing, that they should condense the schedule. And if anything, like if they want to commit to that, like, this is a, it might be a little bit out of left field, but I actually like make it four tournaments and just go back to like OGN style uh, instead of three. And then you try and have like two big road shows. It's like you have two things that like end up in spring and then two things that end up in summer and you do a road show like for the later ones for each. I, I don't know. I, I think that actually could be more interesting than three because winter split felt useless. And I think LAC really suffered from that. I hope it's better. That, I don't know what it is this split yet, but I hope it's better. I don't know if they've announced anything. Can yeah, I respond I, to I, some I of that? Oh, oh, go ahead. Well. No, what were you gonna say? Well, so I, I want to respond to that, but you, you can go first. No, no, no. I was just gonna say I, I, I don't know if LEC has announced anything. I was agreeing with Kelly. What no. were you gonna say? Um, yeah. So, kind of two things there that that stood out. So, yeah, I had the exact same feeling. Even though the games were more competitive, it did always feel like G two was just going to win stuff, and I am not compelled by one team winning back to back to back etc um that's part of why i was really glad that nrg won as well i think cloud nine winning that many in a row would have been boring um so i, I think there's that I, I the format is an interesting one and one that i don't feel qualified to speak on but uh the other thing that i think was important for for this the strength of the lcs narrative and uh sort of the the direction it might go in in the future was the fact that the teams that did well were Golden Guardians and NRG and sort of the stories about how both of those teams were built. Um, I think there's a lot of parallels between some of the players' journeys on both of those teams. Um, and so I think that really helped add a lot. Whereas like there were there were really cool young talents. I think what Yike on G2 as an example in the LEC. But when you go straight to G2, that doesn't really have the same impact to me as like struggling for years and then finally taking the trophy. Um, or, you know, beating the 9-9 curse and going to, to MSI. Um, so I think it wasn't just that the teams were kind of closer in the LCS rather than just having one clear leader, but also which teams were closer and the way that those teams uh, kind of came to be there was really, was really cool. Um, and I, I think, you know, I know you like to talk about this a lot, Travis, but I would argue that if we hadn't been on weekdays, we might have at least stabilized viewership. Um, because I think that this stuff being so compelling would have helped uh, uh, retain viewership. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I think there's a very good chance. And it's hard when you're always like, you have to kind of speculate because we don't really know. But I agree that there's definitely some, some hijinks there. Um, all right. Uh, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out here at the end? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, shout out shout to out Cubby for working with me to get my audio working. Uh, Shout out to Cubby for becoming the next LCS commissioner, since that seems to be the promotion path these days. 
Um, and shout out to Alienware for my fantastic Alienware monitor. I bought it uh, using uh, your link. So hopefully that showed up, I don't know, like seven months ago now. Um, and thanks for having me on, first time caller. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, and thank you so much for supporting our sponsors. I really appreciate it. So thanks so much for the call and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. All right, so that is the end of uh, our first show together, Cubby. How do you feel about it? Do you think you think we survived? Did you survive? Uh, you know, um, I, I actually I, I appreciated a couple of the takes that we had tonight. I, I think we did okay. Um, only, I, only a couple. I, I'm I, proud of myself, myself that I restrained from taking any challengers takes, Travis. There were a lot, as they they saw that I'm on. Um, um, we, well, might we might save, save those for 2024 outlook, you know. Sure, I'm sure you'll figure out ways to infiltrate challenger stuff. And in. also, also, I am playing Gruel dinosaurs, and I'm plat two in Magic as of, as now. of now. Hey, so, so this is, I, it's very I, funny because I, I was thinking about the fact that you play Magic, and I realized that I'm going to have to forcibly hold myself back from talking about Magic on this because Mark always did a good job of preventing me from getting our viewers left or out to leave because he would just shut down my ability to talk about magic. And now I realize that if you're, I have to, I have to self restrain now that he does not do it for me. So yeah, um, I, I'm enabling you. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I, uh, but I, I do appreciate it copy. And I, and I thank everybody who's, who's tuning in and listening. Look, I, I think we had a great episode. There will be, episodes where i think people are like oh you know cubby and travis is just not the same as as with mark that's because mark and i had six years to build this shit together um and i think cubby and i will definitely get there in less than <laughs> six years for sure um <laughs> but i think you know it's, it is a little bit of back and forth while we while we continue to get there but i mean honestly this this episode i think went really well especially given that it was a travel show for me and it's a rough one, so. I, I also, also realized really... that paying attention to all the takes and giving takes yourself is <laughs> actually... I'll, I'll get used to that a little bit. You know, usually I just get the chill and then I think about it for the entire time. Yes. Uh, but no. No. That, uh, yeah. no, it was fun. And yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be different, right? Like, you, you and Mark had your things. Like, uh, uh, we'll, we'll find our stuff. Like, we we have too. And I I think that was, like, why the last show was fun. Like, why people really enjoyed it. Because obviously, you know, you guys talk, were able to talk about a lot of things like you were into and... But we'll we'll find some interest that like we have shared as well, uh, and yeah, I might be an excuse for me to like start you know going through some more shows. I I we I, I assume you guys would have talked about like the boy and the heroine as well. You know, have you have you seen that, Travis? You're on the I road right now. Mark was always the yeah. person who is the movie did a good job of of watching stuff and then shaming me for not watching it. So, uh, but we will find stuff. I mean, I do think. You'll be able to talk a little bit about sports stuff at the beginning of the shows too, if you have a team that's popping off recently or whatever. He he would talk about anime. I don't give a shit about anime, and he would find a way to do that. So you'll figure out your own stuff that you want to sneak in that I don't care about. I fortunately for you, Travis, I'm a Chicago sports fan, and I don't want to talk about any of my teams ever because it's always terrible. So you know, yeah, you're you're, you're lucky there. Yeah, I'm going to Chicago yeah. in. February for uh, MagicCon, so you are yes. Anybody I, I, I got food spots for you. You got recommendations? You're saying? Oh, oh hell yeah. yeah! For food? food? Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. I, I I got I some got spots. Well, I'll I'll see what you like food wise, and we'll we'll have, we'll have some good stuff. Mexican food. 
Oh, that's Chicago is not great. You're from LA and you're, and you're going, going to Chicago. To Chicago? <laughs> you you want to get Mexican, Mexican food, food here. here? No, you <laughs> asked. You asked what food I like, and I I love Mexican food. So, are you yeah, trying you to get that that like? Uh, oh, I I might get made fun of for this, but it might be you know trying to get that Chipotle uh, sponsor back. You know, the, the, you know, build build yeah, we'll, it we'll off. We'll see. I we'll we'll see what AAA <laughs> mainstream blue chip sponsors are here and. 2024 yeah. in esports winter. It's uh, it's cold out there, so um, we'll see. But anyway, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in, and thank you everybody for supporting Cubby. Please continue to do so. Yeah, uh, it's been awesome. awesome. Yeah, send him polite feedback on Twitter. Yes. Um, tell him if he's being too polite. Tell him if he be is, impolite. Yeah. Get get me out of being polite. Just, Just flame the shit out of me, and, and I need you guys to put like. Mark went through six years and 300 episodes of just like being worn down by callers every week, man. I need that like within 10 episodes so that I can just be equally as dejected. And then maybe I can become commissioner in like two years instead of six, you know, maybe, very, maybe very that's, very it. that's it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, feel free to give Cubby feedback um, and, and me feedback as well, obviously. Um, though I feel like I've heard most of it from you folks at this point in time. So, cause we do, as it as is the case, anytime you end up in one of these transitions, both people need to work on figuring out to figure out their figuring out their flow, and um, and it's going to take a little bit as we as we ease back into it. But I think for now it's been it's been really solid, and uh, I hope everybody has a great happy holiday and a good new year. Um, we will be back tentatively on January eighth, so you have. Three weeks without Hotline League, but you guys are all going to be doing cool stuff, hopefully, anyway. So, thanks everyone, thanks Cubby, and we'll see you all. Yeah, on thanks the guys. Yep. Hey, it's been really, uh, sports been really cool. So I appreciate everyone. Thanks, Travis. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah.